Welcome to episode 79 of From the Shed End with myself, T-Dot and Theo. How are you doing? Not bad. I'm looking looking forward to the weekend. We're obviously recording on a Friday, so the work week is slowly coming to an end, but looking forward to the weekend. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, like yourself, obviously, Friday, the best day of the week. A um, bit a bit like disheartened because normally we're gearing up for a game. You know, we, we've got some sort of something to look forward to at the weekend. And there is a lot of football happening over the weekend with the FA Cup and other European leagues still kicking off over the weekend. But Chelsea not playing just doesn't, doesn't feel yeah. right, especially in this time of the, uh, the FA Cup where it's only the fourth round, we should still be in it. But yeah, I was looking so- at the, the Fulham website today to get, maybe get a ticket to Fulham Sunderland because <laughs> I just want to want to watch some live football again. I yeah, miss it. Yeah. There should be some of it. Surely there's some available yeah. still. Yeah. And it's not too far. I mean, it's a stone's throw from you, isn't it? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can get there, then get there definitely 100%. But um, before we get into the episode, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the link tree link in the description. As you can see, our social accounts are also on the screen if you want to make sure you're following those before you leave. Also subscribe to the channel as well and make sure you give the video a thumbs up before you leave as well. But we are going to be talking transfers. We're going to be talking ins, outs. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Um, I want to start off with an outgoing potential um someone that kind of is is splitting the fan base at the moment i've had a lot of rants about this player <laughs> over the last couple of you could say weeks months whatever but mason mount a player that has been heavily heavily linked in the past let's say two weeks with liverpool of all clubs um there's been a speculation that he's had secret discussions with the club and the you know the the um owners there about a potential move um stalling seems to be taking place with his contract negotiations at the moment what's your thoughts on mason mount if he does leave and um can you see him leaving as well because i mean a lot of as i said a lot of the fan base do love him and he's a he's a cobham player but do you see do you see him leaving chelsea anytime soon i find it very difficult to picture him in any other shirt than chelsea's if i'm completely honest you know he's a he's a boyhood um chelsea player he came into the academy when he was eight years old and worked his way across uh, up the ranks, had a few loans in Vitesse Arnhem and Derby before making it into the first team in 2019 under Frank Lampard. We've got to remember how important he was in those earlier seasons. I think back-to-back player of the season for us in um, 2021 and last season, 2022 as well. Um, the one thing I will say is players shouldn't be um, immune to criticism. I think you, you, you picked it up perfectly on the last recording. You know, when Mendy was having a poor, poor period, he was criticised. Same with Kepa, same with Cucurella, same with Aubameyang. All these players that have performed poorly, they've been criticised. And Mason Mount, got to say, it's been poor this season. As soon as his goals and his, his assists start to dry up, you do start to wonder, what does he offer in the team? And I do kind of feel like this season, he's really lacked goals, he's lacked assists. And then you start to wonder, like, what does he offer on the pitch other than his goals and assists? So I do think um, if he really wants to play for that big contract, like the one that Reese James got, which was a whopping £250,000 a week contract. And he's got to start performing like Reese James. But at that being said, I think we, we, we picked up on this as well on the last podcast. When you start seeing players like Chukumweka get, I think, 100000 a week, and he's still on, I think, under that. I don't. Then you start to make you know comparisons with your your peers and your, your other players and teammates. And then you start thinking, I'm playing more than him. I'm performing better than him. I deserve a better contract. But yeah, he put it up on the screen there. Um, Liverpool seem keen on him and are keeping an eye out on him. I'd hate to see him at Liverpool. He'd feel like, you know, he'd fit in there. He kind of, with all the injuries they have and kind of the midfielders kind of outgrowing their roles or kind of getting a bit old, 
then you feel like he'd be the perfect player for Liverpool. So I'd hate to see him there. But that being said, he just needs to step up this season, especially the competition that we've, we've picked up in the transfer window this um, this January with Madrid and Madu, Madueke. Um, there's still talks about another midfielder coming in. So yeah, he, de- he definitely needs to step it up again. And I think, I think I agree with you. I think that's right. I think, you know, in terms of Mason Mount, I think, you know, you can definitely say, you know, back-to-back player of the seasons were justified. He played out of his skin. He practically carried the team to an extent under Frank Lampard, especially. Um, and I thought he'd done really well. But not to say he doesn't warrant a new deal. Of course he does. And I think, he, you know, the money isn't ours. It's not my money that's going into the club. And theoretically, in terms of me offering the contract, it's not my money that's paying his wages. Um but I, I, I mean, I just think, you know, if it is a case that he doesn't, he's not happy with the, the massive rumour that he's not happy at the club, he, he wants out. Um, you know, he hasn't he hasn't had a good time with the fans over the last couple of months. And, you know, he's been, he's been heavily criticised by many Chelsea fans as well. Um, if what we're hearing is true, um, you know, obviously Liverpool are heavily keen on him. I agree with you, you know, Jurgen Klopp, I feel, should he stay at the club as well, we'll, we'll get the best out of um, Mason Mount. Not to say that, Graham Potter can't do that. But I do feel sometimes as well, it's good for certain players potentially to go in and, and, and have a new challenge. Um, and I said that on the last episode that I think, you know, for me, Mason Mount is a player that has got potential. He's got a lot of potential. I just don't know if he fits into Graham Potter's system. And, you know, we've seen that a lot. He's been played out. He's not played in his natural position for not even just under Graham Potter. You could say under, you know, at times Thomas Tuchel. Um, he wasn't played as a, in his natural position. He's played more on the wings, which doesn't really suit his, his football. And if that's the football we're trying to play, you know, it might it might just be that he doesn't suit what we're trying to we're trying to do. Um, I think it'd be really stupid to sell to technically a rival who Liverpool still are. Um, it, it just wouldn't make any sense to me. And I, 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 part of me would be very surprised if he ends up at Liverpool. I still think he's going to go to Man United. I think Man United would probably be a team that he could go to. Um, I. I just don't see him going to Liverpool, but the fact that they're keen on him, the fact that they need someone of that sort of profile to fit into his team as well. I mean, it would be scary to think about, you know, when we do see Diaz fully fit, Nunes, who potentially will, you know, be better than he is this season. Um, Gapco as well, another one. He's obviously got Curtis Jones there to play off as well. There's a lot of good things about Liverpool that they're, you know, you look at their front, their front line and their attacking midfielders, they're really good. Obviously, the midfield is, is, is a question mark and the defence at times is a question mark for Liverpool. But I just think, you know, if Mason Mount wants to go, then I think, as we've said about Rudiger, we've said about Christensen, we've said about many players before, you know, no one is bigger than the club. And I think you know, it all boils down to, does he want to fight or you know, a position in that in that squad? You know, you, like you said, you know, Jao Felix is there, Mudrik is coming and Cuckoo's potentially coming in the summer as well. Um Weke, who you just mentioned. So there's loads of players in and amongst the positions that he's potentially looking to try and play in, um, where you could possibly say there's players ahead of him as well. So it's a tricky one for me. I, I personally, I wouldn't want to see any player go, um, so especially someone who's come through the ranks, come through, you know, as a, as a graduate from from Cobham uh, into the first team. But it just seems like there's something that keeps bubbling away with this story that makes me think there's some truth to it that he might end up going. But um Let's talk about Moises Casado, who is there. I nearly fell off a chair earlier on this week when I when I heard that Brighton won a hundred million for him, which I think they probably paid less than ten million probably for him. I'm not sure what they got him for, but um, talk to me about Moises Casado to date. It's been uh, 
documented over social media and sports outlets that Arsenal have had a bid of 60 million rejected. Uh, we've had an offer, I think, of 55 uh, in the region of 50 to 55 million rejected by um, by Brighton as well. Talk to me about Moises Casado because I, I don't think he's a hundred million pound player. I don't think he's anywhere above seventy five maximum. But what's your thoughts on Moises Casado? Do we need to go all out and and sign this player before Arsenal get him? I think as soon as like you said, I almost fell off my chair when I heard a hundred million. Um, especially seeing that we weren't really ready to offer the hundred and twenty for Enzo Fernandez. Why should we offer a hundred million for Moises Casado? Um, good player though, twenty one years old, Ecuadorian international. He's got two years left on his contract. They signed him for 4.5 million, I think, from a South American team, if I'm not mistaken, which is an absolute bargain. I mean, whoever Brighton scouts are, they deserve a massive pay rise. And um, it should be with us now. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, <laughs> luckily, I'll doing a very good job so far, unless um, yeah. that's Fofana and um, Andre Santos start performing in the coming years. But I think Deserbi has come out and said um, that uh, he wants um, he wants Caicedo to finish the season with Brighton, and then in the summer. He can possibly change team. So now that the manager's come out and said in the summer he can change team, why should we splash out 100 million on a player that's six months might might be available for a lot lower than 100 million or even 60 million? Um, you do wonder if Bowley's going to do the same thing that he did with Madrid as soon as Arsenal show a bit of interest, he might swoop in and hijack the deal. But um, I th- like I said, he's a good player. But I think the other player that I mentioned before who's valued at 20 million more, I think that's the player that we should be going for. Um, and I think we're going to talk about him in a bit, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, the thing about the two, as I said, we're going to talk about Enzo soon, but the thing about both of those players is we know what Moises Casado, Casado can do in the Premier League. He's already come here, he's done it. He's done it in a team that you could say, you know, on paper, Chelsea have got the better squad um, than Brighton in some aspects. And to see him, and we're crying out for someone like him, we are crying out for a player that can do something that he can do um, in the, in the team. Uh, I just I think now that Arsenal are sniffing around, they're involved, they're trying to get a deal done. I think this might put alerts onto um, Todd Bowley, and he might try and go all out, which worries me a little bit. Are Arsenal just doing this because they know that we're after him? Um, they have pro- potentially have no intention really going for him. Um, I think sometimes that happens with clubs, you know, they they sort of pretend that they want the player just to see that the value goes up slightly, you know, show a bit of interest and the club that do, does want him has to pay slightly a bit more. So this could work in Brighton's favour. But, you know, if Deserby's coming out and saying that this is a player that can potentially leave at the end of the season or, you know, we, we want him just to see at this season, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll be, I'm surprised that they, they valued him so high. And you think, you know, Trossard went for... A good amount of money to, to Arsenal already. Um, Kukure, I think, was 47.5 or 48 million, something along those lines as well. So to, to value him so high for the value that they got him for as well, you know, to bring him in for so low, it just seems like they've priced him out of a move, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, such a big fee for a player that's only had two years in the Premier League. Maybe, like you said, that Premier League experience might, you know, contribute to his value being so high. But I do kind of worry that because Arsenal showing interest, like you said as well, we'll just swoop in and try to do something with the deal. But it just seems like we've got three options right now in midfield, being Enzo Fernandez, Caicedo, and the, the recent links to um, Anana from Everton. Uh, I think the, the way I listed them is the kind of order of you know how willing all kind of our first, second, and third choice are. Um, but then again, I don't want to just splash out money in the player 
that's a second choice when we can maybe wait into the summer and have more you know, better options or Enzo Fernandez at a better price. So I think patience is also quite key uh, rather than just panic buy or um, kind of splash out a ridiculous sum of money on a player that maybe, like I said, we could get cheaper in the summer. And I feel, uh, yeah, I feel that's what we, I feel we're, we're, we're going down that road again where we were in the summer where we're, we're not afraid to pay over for players. Um, you know, the Cucurea one's probably the, a good example of that, even potentially Raheem Zerlin for what we did pay for him. But I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want my pants being pulled down by a deal that, like you say, it, it's not worth it, you know, in, in the long run. Um, I, I do feel this is bright and knowing that obviously we're not afraid to spend money as well. We spent money on pre- previous players for you know, even looking at Kula Bali's fee, when you think about it for the for the player and the age that he is, it's, it's still quite high. Um, I'm a big fan of Moises Casado. I think he's a really good player. I think he is, but I think we, we have to be realistic as well when we're talking about some of them and the fees that we're hearing, you know, 100 million, even 75 million would be, you know, a fall off the chair moment because it's not, for, for me, he's not that value. You know, I think he, he will be. And I think he's got every potential to go to that level of, you know, being a hundred million pound player. I think he, he has to, he has to prove that he has to put in the work if he does come to Chelsea or if he goes to Arsenal, he has to put in that work to become that player. But just to automatically say he's a hundred million because of the inflation of the market or whatever, it's just, I, I just don't agree with that. So um, if he goes to Arsenal, just a quick question. Um, and I've got another question for you after, but if you just go to Arsenal, I mean, that's a, That'd be a massive blow, not just to Chelsea, but I think for the league, you know, you, you think about how they're playing without him. To add that as well with Odegaard in midfield and even Xhaka, who's found brilliant form, but it'd be it'd be it'd be hard to take if we, you know, we lose Mason Mount to Liverpool and then we lose Casado, a, a potential transfer to Arsenal as well. I mean, that, that that surely is a massive blow for us in the summer. Yeah, it's definitely um Caicedo to Arsenal would be a fantastic move. I think they'll get they'll move on players like El Nenny in the summer. And Shaka, even as good as he's been, he's only getting older. So it uh, would be a fantastic move for them. But then we have to think about ourselves before kind of looking at players strengthening rivals. It's whether do we, as that player, you know, will, will he fit into our squad? Will he will he be value for money? Um, what are the other options we have? Enzo Fernandez, um, which I think will go right down to the wire transfer deadline day. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be a fantastic signing for Arsenal. It pains me to say it. You just mentioned Onana, who... Um... Yeah, I mean, story sort of came out of nowhere. I wasn't, I wasn't strange sure. One. Yeah, it's a strange, strange one. I think everything Everton's strange at the moment. You'd look at the, <laughs> the clubs being ran and the owners putting the club up for sale, the sacking of Frank Lampard, and just everything else that's going on at the club at the moment. But, um, and I think the strangest thing for me is Onana's rejected Chelsea. I mean, I think for me, that's the most craziest thing. You're at a club that looks like it's about to be relegated. Um, however, where you dress it up, you know, even if they bring in Sean Dyche, they've got a massive job on their hands. But you know, thirty-five million seems like a really good deal for Onana to to um, to, to come in. Um, sorry, that's for, for Gusto, but I think it's in the same region for for Onana. I think it was around a thirty million for Onana uh, as well. But I don't, I don't know. I think he's a really good player, and I think the Everton move was always going to end bad for him. What's your thoughts on Onana? First of all, rejecting us, but would you have liked to see him come come to uh, to Chelsea? I think he's been the one player at Everton that's done himself justice this season. He's looked quite good when he has played. Um, obviously, he's been a very poor Everton side, so it's quite hard to to perform when you're surrounded by kind of poor quality players. And I, the way the club has run has been appalling this season and the last couple of seasons, in fact. But like I said, this one would scream panic buy, in my opinion. It would really scream panic buy. 
and credit to to Anana for saying he wants to finish the season at Everton and helping them kind of get out of the position they're currently in in the relegation zone. Um, and I think also I read that one of the reasons that he might stay at Everton is because no Chelsea players want to go in the other direction if there was to be kind of some kind of swap deal. I think there's been talks of maybe Hakim Ziyech, yeah. maybe one of the youngsters. Um, I think um, um, Harvey Vale has come back from his um, his loan at Hull City. So I think he was maybe another one that could have potentially gone out and learn. Um, so I think that's quite, uh, that maybe played a part. Um, but then again, if you're a player at Everton, like you said, and having the season that they're ha- having and you've got the opportunity to be in the Champions League squad maybe next month, surely you take it. Surely you take it. But I think there's more to this one that, you know, we're aware of. And I, I think it's just more kind of rumours for now and a full focus should be on the other two players, uh, Fernandez and and uh, Caicedo. We talk about Fernandez on here a lot and um, every time I think about him, I just think it's, it's what we need. Yeah. It's what we need at the club. It's what... You know, you just ranked him as the top player that we we do need to bring in, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think you know the, you know, even for the fee that they're talking, I, th- I think they're talking, um, you know, over. I think including the tax, in all of that, you're talking 140, 160 mil. Um, now, Enzo Fernandez, let's go all the way back to the first initial mess up of the transfer let's call it a mess up because apparently you know Benfica Chelsea were talking negotiating agreed to really activate the release clause at 120 million get to Benfica and we start offering 90 million and you know 95 point something million Chelsea you know pissed off Benfica I mean let's let's be honest if you you've agreed a deal verbally over you know whatever way you've done that and then you get there and you you knock it down by you know near enough 20 million 15 million you know it is going to it's going to get people's backs up uh you know player had personal terms i think almost agreed or possibly agreed was happy to leave if you remember he was on the bench i think for the game the returning game for benfica i think he was training um with the squad as well i think he was training individually to turn around score a goal point at the badge you know kiss the badge point at the ground i'm staying um a couple of weeks later it looked like the deal was done like there was no deal that was going to happen it was closed off but now there's Massive, massive potential to get this deal done, even if it's on deadline day. This has to be the deal, surely, on deadline day that we're all talking about. Yeah, I think I said it when we were first time we mentioned Fernandez on this podcast. I thought it was too good to be true for it to kind of get get a deal sorted in that first week, and it would go right down to the wire. And I think now that we're kind of entering that squeaky bum time, if you want to call it like that, and you know we're looking, it's becoming more and more urgent that we need a centre midfielder that can replace Jorginho, replace Kante, replace Kovacic. And that man is Enzo Fernandez. And I think 120 million, um, now that Boley's found maybe this loophole where he can kind of give him these long-term contracts and spread that kind of fee across those years to avoid any financial fair play repercussions. I think it kind of makes sense. And it's the position we've been really kind of needing, strengthening in for so many years now. And I think it's it's, it's a no-brainer in a way. It really is a no-brainer. I think uh, after once we've got our central midfielder, we've got Nkuku in the summer, then we just need to find a backup for Rhys James. And I think we've got that depth. We've got that squad that can compete again in the, for the Premier League and maybe even go go uh, go and win, have successful um, European campaigns as well. And yeah, we spoke about Cancelo being a very good um, Premier League player, two years of experience. Fernandez is a World Cup winner. He's a World Cup winner. And he's Benfica. They're a good team. We've had some very good signings from Benfica. I'm thinking about, about David Luiz, Ramirez, you know, these are good players that have come to Benfica. Matic as well, um, we re-signed him from Benfica. They clearly know how to develop a player. 
Yeah. Um, I think the reason Benfica aren't keen to sell in January, I think, is because they're top of the league right now. And Fernandez has played a big part of that. And I think they're hoping to win the, the Liga Nosh for the first time, I think, in the last two or three years. So I think they'd be more keen maybe to negotiate a deal in, in the summer than January, similar to Caicedo. Um, but I think if we kind of the player pushes again for a move, we offer the 120 million for his release clause. He ignores, I think, the the two million that they've offered him if he stays at Benfica for the next six months. Then I think maybe he it might happen. I've got my fingers crossed under the table right now, but it's one of those ones now that I wasn't so keen on giving the fee at, start, at the start of January, but now I'm really keen on it. Yeah, you're more you're more positive than me. I think um, you know I, I, when I, the more I read into the deal or the possible deal. Um, I, I, you mentioned the contracts. I think that's a massive thing. The fact that you know in summer we won't be able to offer you know an eight-year deal. I think they cap in. I think UEFA mm. introducing something because of the the way that we've done like the Modric deal and other deals that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, they're capping it. I think to maybe five or six. I think even at, at sessions at six years. So in the summer, I can see loads of clubs wanting this player, you know, the likes of Liverpool, the likes of maybe Real Madrid, even though they don't need him. You know, they're, they're always in the mix. PSG, there's going to be so many clubs that potentially will want him. Dortmund might want him. There's, there's so many different clubs that might want to try and get him. Can they afford him? We don't know. But I think for me, we've got to get strike while the iron's hot. We've got to try and get him now before the summer comes. Um, I did say on one of these videos I've done a couple of weeks ago that it's obviously going to leave Benfica in a massive predicament. I don't think, like you just said, you know, they're top of the league. They're in, they're in poor position to try and win that in how many years? I think it is about three or four. So it'd be a massive loss for them to, to lose such a, a quality player in the middle of a season. Um, it, it just, it just, I suppose from their angle, they, they are being selfish. You know, they, they want to look after their own club and if they, there's, their, their position hasn't changed. You know, they've always said 120 million. We don't want it spread over, you know, this sort of ridiculous eight-year deal or we want the cash up front. We don't want to be paid in... in over the years, um, as Todd Bowley's structuring a lot of these contracts at the moment, um, that's I think again linking into the financial fair play discussion as well. You know, if we don't pay up front, then we're, we're good. You know, we, we, we're technically looking at we pay you know ten million a year on the books, so we're good in that aspect. But if we're having to pay one hundred and twenty million up front, and it shows on the books that we're paying one hundred and twenty million, it's gonna, you know, we're talking transfer ban. We're talking. We are talking along those lines. It's happened, you know, it's happened to us before. So, I think it's a, it's a thin line. And I think if we can try and get this deal done on the old way of doing it over the eight year deal, Benfica are happy. Even like it says here, you know, from the the um, the, the Blue Dodger, uh, the Chelsea Dodgers, if we can maybe even offer loans, you know, to decrease that value initial, you know, fee, offer some loan players. I mean, we've got certain players that we know might be heads at the door in the summer. Um, why not try and negotiate that out in, in this winter window and try and get them out the door slightly earlier, maybe with the option mandatory fee to buy them at the end of the season as well. So there, I think there's options there, but I just think, I mean, on, on deadline day, this is the one that I will see come through and I don't really want to see an Onana or mm. even a, you know, a, a Moise Casado. I mean, I think for the, 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 the fee that they're talking, I think it's just, let's concentrate on spending the money where we know, um, we're potentially willing to take a hit and I know it sounds easy, but we're willing to take a transfer ban. If, if it means that, you know, we've got most of the signings in that I think we wanted to get in, um, in this window. So I think we were ahead of possibly schedule in terms of the, the, the transfer planning and the strategy. Um, but I, I, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely along the same lines as you. I think this has got to be a top priority for us in the next couple of days or so. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that one pans out. Um, it's going to be interesting. So kind of mentioned outgoings. We've mentioned, obviously, you know, Hakim Ziyech potentially um, going to Everton, I think, as well. Um, there's talk of him possibly going to Roma, linking um, up with Jose Mourinho, Tammy Abraham, um, at Roma. It just seems like he's not happy at Chelsea. And I think if you look at the body language at times, and he's one of those players that has it's all come out and kind of made his, his, his opinions openly known that he's not always had the best of relationships with the Chelsea hierarchy. It seems like probably the, the one key side, and I think that might leave, if not in this window, in the summer window. What, what's your thoughts on Hattie H if he, if he does go? Yeah, I think if if a player does leave Chelsea in January, it's going to be Hakim Ziyech. And I think if it doesn't happen in January, it'll probably 99% sure happen in the, in the summer, I think, given you know the players we've signed, um, Sterling and Pulisic coming back from their injuries. Um, like I said, I think the last couple of games, he's been one of our best players. He's been the yeah. one that only that looks like he wants to get the ball in the box alongside Thiago Silva. He actually looks like he wants to create a chance. We know how good his left foot is from set pieces and corners. Um, that being said, is he playing well because he wants to push for a move? He wants to impress other teams abroad or even Everton if they supposedly um, want to take him? Or is it because he wants to prove the Potter that I'm your man that can do a job for the rest of the season and get back into your team? I don't know which one of those two is, most likely the first one. Um, a loan might be sensible, um, but then we did, if we are going to sell him, then just get him off the books, get him off the books, you know, get off, get his wages off. I think Roma, they're, they're, they look like they're going to sell Zaniolo this, um, this window. This window. Yeah. So maybe that means that they, they can bring in a player in, in Hakim Ziyech. Um, I still think we're kind of short at the moment of depth. We, as soon as we lose Pulisic and, um, and um, we saw Felix being suspended. I think more injuries will happen. Sterling is injured. I think the the front three we had against um, against Liverpool are kind of the logical choice in Habits, um, Ziyech, and I think it was um, was it Mount. I think it was Mount, and then Madrid yep. came on. Yeah, and I do think we have to be sensible. Obviously, we've got Fofana, we've got um, Andre Andre Santos. Whether they're going to play a part in, until the end of the season, I don't know. But um, he, he is definitely someone. He, he's definitely someone that can that's an option that can do something, but I do want to see a bit more consistency of him. And also, like you said, I think his attitude is relatively poor, his body language sometimes, and that can let him down at times. I never felt like he really created that bond or rapport that he has, that other players have with the fans either. Um, yeah. I think even you just look at his Instagram, half of his Instagram photos are him on yachts in Miami or this, and it's not really him wearing a Chelsea shirt, thanking the fans <laughs> or anything like that. He's got that kind of Romelu Lukaku vibe about him. Um, but yeah, I think this was another one that might be interesting to see how it pans out and another maybe deadline deadline day move if it, if he does decide to leave. You've you've mentioned the big beast. That is, <laughs> that is um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but um, obviously we're talking about ins and outs and, and transfers. And I think... You know, with, with Romelu Lukaku, who hasn't had the best of times at Inter Milan, he's had a you know a, a relatively poor loan over there. I think they came out, if not today, maybe yesterday, to say that there's literally 99% chance that he's staying at the club. I don't think they can afford him. They're, the club's actually on its you know on on the floor. Um, now, I'm not in favour of this. I want to just make that claimer before I say what I'm about to say, but it has to be a discussion that we have to have on from the shed end. But we're in need of a striker. 
we are. We, we, I know Nkuku's coming in. I think people are expecting him to be the the striker. I don't think he even plays as a number nine relatively. I don't think he he's the the profile of out and out striker. Um, Armando Brojo, we know, is um, injured. He's he's not going to be back for a while. Even if he comes back next season, you know, you've, we've seen it with Chilwell, with Reese James, Ruben off the cheek. These injuries take a long time to to come back. If you ever come back to that level as well. Patrick Aubameyang, we think, will be out the, the door in the summer. Fofana, I think, will potentially be loaned out, if not in this window, in the summer. There's a massive question to say, does Romelu Lukaku have a way back into Stamford Bridge? Um, good relationship with Todd Bowley. Didn't have a good relationship with Thomas Tuchel, who's now left the club. Think about Mudrick. You think about Jao Felix, if we keep him. And you think about Nkuku, you think about Mudweki, you think about if Mason Mount stays, the amount of service that he'll get into the into the box. If we sign Enzo Fernandez as well, imagine the amount of balls that will be going into the box for Romelu Lukaku to get his big size 11 onto. Um, I'm still not in favour of this, but I want to ask you the question, does Romelu Lukaku have a way back into Chelsea next season? Before I give my answer, I'm like you. I'm not. I'm not in favour of this at all. Um, I think he kind of completely tarnished his Chelsea image and reputation with the interview, with him pushing for the move again to Inter in the summer. Um, so I don't want to see him ever wear a Chelsea shirt again. That being said, I'm there's a possibility that I think it may happen, given like you said, he's got a good relationship with Todd Bowley. It's a new manager. It's no longer Thomas Tuchel, who clearly the two of them didn't see eye to eye last summer. And before he went to Inter, I think he had crunch talks with Todd Bowley that went really well, apparently. I think um, they spoke about um, him as a player and, and um, he said that he, Todd Bowley looks forward to working with him. And then I think Inter came knocking and he went to Inter. So if he does come back to Chelsea, still he, he's established a good relationship with Todd Bowley. It's a new manager. We clearly haven't really had a striking a striker um, that's worked out in the last two seasons. So it gives him another you know role to, to, to fill in. And Cuckoo, like you said, maybe not the most natural number nine. And we see with Bundesliga strikers that we've signed in the past, it does take them some time to adapt. Werner, Havertz. So I think it's a possibility, but I don't want it to happen. I just don't be really irritated me last summer. He frustrated us all. And we've got to remember, he hasn't been playing well this season. He hasn't been playing well. I think he's got two goals in an Inter so far this season. He's been injured. We don't need another player that's just going to sit in the treatment room. We need someone who can play games 90 minutes and score goals for us. And that's not Romelu Lukaku right now. That's uh, hopefully an Nkuku. That's um, what Lewandowski does at Barcelona, what Erling Haaland does at Man City, but not Romelu Lukaku. So no, thank you, Romelu. Stay in Milan. Stay in your beloved um, Nera Azzurri. But we don't want to see you back at Chelsea. I I agree with everything you said and you've basically summed it up. Um, I, I don't want to see him back. I don't. And my only flip side of that is... Is an asset to Todd Bowley. He's, he's obviously on a, I think, you know, massive wages. My worry is, do we, how are we going to recoup the 97 or whatever million? We're not going to do that. Um, who's going to take him on loan and still afford to pay his wages? I, I can't see any club that wants him or will want him. Um, you know, United, I think, will be potentially looking at maybe Harry Kane if he doesn't sign a deal. Um, so they won't want him. City don't need him. You look at all the European clubs, you know, you look at Barca, they've got Lewandowski now, Real Madrid have got Benzema still. I just don't see where he goes. And I, I don't, if Inter can't afford them, you know, even AC, they've got 
they've got their strikers there. They're they're okay. You know, they're, they're, they've got Giroud. They've got other strikers they can use up front. Um, I just don't see where he goes, and I, I can't see him just sitting around in Cobham. You know, playing you no. know development squad football or just being you know put on the bench most. I can't see that, and I, I think part of me disappointed myself even thinking this, but part of me thinks he will have a role to play next time. We're not in, we're not linked with any real out and I, I'm talking number nine, Harlan's, Benzema's, you know, Lewandowski. We're not linked with anyone. There isn't many left really when you think about an out and out striker. Um, my only hope is that Graham Potter has a massive input and looks at how the treatment was for previous managers and the, the, the way that he dealt with things uh, and say he, Lukaku dealt with things at Chelsea in terms of the interview, in terms of, you know, sort of being defiant, disobedient in a, in a way towards the ownership and the manager and even just the chance that even at Chelsea and the way he spat his dummy out, you know, I don't want to see him back at the club. But in, in a business world, in Todd Bowley's eyes, he's an asset. He's someone that is a massive asset. And you kind of think, does Todd Bowley really care about losing money on an asset that he could potentially earn something off it's it, it's a it's a massive one so yeah it's a it's a good way to end it's a good it's a good uh topic of discussion i agree with you 100 i don't want to see him at the club um at all i think he's 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 disgraced himself as a chief fan as a as a as a man let's be honest he's as a man you know the way he dealt with stuff was just wrong so he's, he's not uh, a kid as well he's in his late 20s or early 30s i think this now is as well. it. it's and we expect it from Anthony Gordon. I mean, let's be honest. I think even <laughs> even Anthony Gordon, what he's doing at the moment, Everton is 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 crazy to me. But I expect it from him a little bit. He's a bit younger, but and even Peter Peter Odden Wingy. I mean, I, I I expect it from those sort of players because you just do. But for someone who's been brought in, you know, he's had a relationship previously with Chelsea. Um, you know, he's on a good wage. Um, he's been brought in. He was given a lifeline again at Chelsea and back into the Premier League. And to, to do what he'd done, the way he'd done it, and the interview, and just the you know coming out the airport when he got to Milan with the scarf around his neck, there was no sort of um, apology, remorse for anything he did. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't want him anywhere near the club. But part of me thinks you know if we lose uh, Abamyang in the summer, which we will, let's be honest, for Farna, I think we'll be loaned out or we'll be, we'll be utilised in the squad as a Carabao Cup striker, a FA Cup striker. Um, and Cuckoo, yes, might play in that role. Maybe Jao Felix might play in that role from time to time. But if it's not, you're going to need someone off the bench. And I think, and I, think I think he did. I think we spoke about this on WhatsApp. He played a part in a Tuchel sacking. Um, even 100%. after in the summer with those talks he had with Bowley, I think he was heavily critical of Thomas Tuchel and whatever happened between the two of them. And Bowley probably listened to Lukaku and kind of dismissed Thomas Tuchel. So I think he was yeah. definitely kind of the quite vocal with his opinions about Tuchel and played a part in the sacking. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100 And we could talk about this for another hour, which we, we probably will over the next couple of months before whatever happens to him. Uh, but let's hope Inter Milan somehow stumble across a safe with at least 500 million so they can afford his wages and they can take him off our books. But um, Theo, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, as, as I said, no games and so no predictions. No team lineups this weekend, unfortunately, from us. But um, we will be back. I think we've got Fulham next in the league, I think it is. Next Friday, yeah. Friday, yeah. So we'll be back at some point next week with a, a match uh, preview of that. Predicted lineups and predicted scores will be back for that. Um, yeah, enjoy Fulham, Theo, as well. I mean, that's going to be 
Interesting if you go there. Who, who, I can't remember who they've got. Sunderland in the FA Cup. Um, I think it's 30 quid a ticket, so I might look into it. Yeah, be a good game. Be a good game. See Sunderland of it now because I think Fulham might rest rest a couple of the uh, the key players, but we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll ask you about that on the next episode. But if you haven't already, as I said, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Um, give give it a thumbs up as well. Make sure you do that before you leave this video if you're still watching at this point into it. Um, Linktree link is in the description, so make sure you go to Spotify, go to all the social accounts, and make sure you follow all those as well Theo as I said before thank you very much this has been episode 79 of From the Shed and until next time thank you very much for watching and stay safe